Well, welcome back, everyone, to another uh, voyage here with uh, me and the gents. I have uh, Lieutenant Commander David slash Jedi Master something or another. And coming to us from a completely different fandom, Lieutenant Commander Alpha 5. You might also know him as Eric. So how's it going, gents? Welcome back for another adventure. That reference, if you're familiar with the Power Rangers, you're probably going to understand it later in the episode, but not right now. Oh, Eric, do tell. <laughs> I, I think to the people that are familiar with Power Rangers, they will understand <laughs> in due time. Fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, well, um, you know, I just found this out, Eric. I don't know if you're aware, but apparently David is 36 minutes older right now because he consumed a ballpark hot dog. Actually, about three. Oh, shoot. So, yeah, my life has been shortened. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. It's terrible. It was, it was worth it. I do love <laughs> I don't understand. No, so I, I went to a baseball game last night, and I posted on Instagram, you know, just a hot dog. It's like, uh, I am now 36 minutes shorter, uh, shorter of life or whatever the heck I put up there. Because right. there was a study that came out that said every hot dog you eat takes 36 minutes off of your life. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, well. I didn't, I, I didn't see that. That's what I was saying. I'm not, I don't understand the joke that you were making. Yeah. <laughs> nope. That, that's what it was. But if you, there is one stupid thing that I do enjoy is is a couple of ballpark hot dogs, those steamed hot dogs, and a soft pretzel with mustard. That's mm. some of my mm. favorite stuff. Which, whenever I, so when I went to um, a Texas Rangers game for my birthday with uh, one of my buddies, um, we got there, and sure enough, I ordered a, a, a pretzel with uh, the very questionable nacho cheese that goes with it. <laughs> Like, highly questionable. Yep. I think the can itself had a big old question mark on it, to be completely honest with you. And um, I think, like, later on, because, like, the Rangers, like, scored so many runs or something like that, there was, like, something in-game for, like, reduced-price hot dogs. I'm like, deal. Let's do this. Let's do this. Now, everyone and their grandmother at the ballpark, though, like, it was crazy because you went and ordered, and then you had to wait 20 minutes to get your hot dogs because like everyone was doing it but uh but yeah that was that was my adventure at the ballpark with hot dogs yeah so if yeah. you get if you go to minor league ball on a tuesday it's uh dime a dog night if okay. you go to the if you go to cleveland there's dollar dog night so yeah the it, back in old uh, cooper stadium when they you know before this new stadium in the downtown columbus area uh, Diamond Dog Night was very popular, and it was just a terrible, terrible place to be. Uh, you, you pretty much had to order the 10 hot dogs at one time, and if you didn't, you would never get back into that line. Wow. Wow. A lot of life shortness here in Ohio and probably around the globe. Yeah. It's beautiful yeah, hot dogs. I don't, I don't like to eat at sporting events or or movies or concerts or anything like that i just don't enjoy that i want to be there for the event and so i might get like a beer at a game if i don't have to pay like 15 dollars. but other than that i don't really like the food sure sure so like i don't i think i go to like a ball game maybe 
at least once or twice a year. Um, I'd say at a minimum, and usually like the game, the ball game that I usually go to is um, Rangers versus Mariners, which um, Rangers and Mariners was my very first uh, ball game that I went to as a kid when Ken Griffey was uh, still in the lineup for the Mariners. And um, I just remember like getting so stupid excited just seeing both teams play and being able to see Griffin, you know, slug and do his thing and like seeing like, you know, Pudge and like Gonzalez and and just everyone on the Rangers lineup. It was just cool. So I realize they're not on the roster now, but um, I still enjoy watching it just because of like the nostalgia for it. So um, yeah, usually it's going to be like a hot dog um, at a minimum that I get whenever I go to the ballpark. Now, Eric said that he doesn't get food when he goes to a movie theater. Now, I think I saw David when you posted about the new um, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, however it's pronounced, movie that you got some popcorn oh i'm all about popcorn it's one of my favorite things in the world there you go um for me like whenever i go like i have to have raisinets raisinets is like my movie food like i have to have raisinets and a drink raisinets, raisinets. that's what i get when i go to the movie theater I used my wife snow caps when i was a kid but and my, my wife gets like the thing of popcorn like she'll get like maybe like a medium or something we might like eat a little bit like she eats more of it than I do but um I, you know I don't like popcorn like in general maybe it's just being in the boy scouts and doing all the popcorn <laughs> sales and then having a bunch of it like broke me yeah. but I just I'm not a fan of popcorn I love it I love movie and then theater pe- popcorn people, people they, they started allowing you to like add your own butter to it now used to be like they did it for you and now like you can go put your own butter on it and you see people over there just just, like cranking the butter thing and there's like so gross that is like so gross and so not healthy and i don't know how you're going to be able to sit through a two-hour movie after you just ate all that yeah there's a there's a place not too far from here in fact it was like one of the main theaters that i went to um growing up and I think one of the first times that I came back, they had like the little like butter bar thing and like they had like the little shake cheese things that you can add like to customize your popcorn. And I would see some people getting like an extra straw just so they could like put it up on like the little dispenser nozzle thing and like go straight down to the bottom and like they would like layer their butter and and then they would like get like the, the white cheddar cheese dash thing or like the jalapeno cheese shaker thing and they would like layer their cheese on their buttered popcorn so like i mean we were talking about like 36 minutes of life being taken away from david for each hot dog he eats i mean good grief like you might as well just get you might as well just get like a can i can i have a a small beverage uh butter please i mean because that's like basically what they're doing for pete's sake yeah nowhere around here allows you to physically Put your own butter on it, but the the shaky flavorings I've seen those. I like to put Parmesan cheese on my popcorn at home. Yeah, that's always good. But no, yeah, I I don't know. Just give me the the standard squirt of butter. Just lay it. You know, just, just just sort of spread it out. You don't have to put it all in one pool. It's fine. <laughs> but just just a normal amount. I don't need the extra. Sure, you don't want extra? No, I'm good. I'm <laughs> I'm fine. Right, right. Now, okay. So here, so here we are. We're talking about like random like event food. Eric, I know you don't eat at the theater, okay? But you know, we've all lived in the Midwest, 
different parts of the Midwest, um, Missouri being kind of like in between Midwest and South kind of. Eric, did you ever see like people buying dill pickles in Missouri at the movie theater? Well, first of all, I don't consider Missouri to be the Midwest. Missouri is part of the Plains, as far as I'm concerned. Like, Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, that's the Plains. Like, if you're not touching the Great Lakes, you're not the Midwest, as far as I'm concerned. All but, right. Well, we're, I mean, uh, technically, ge- geographically, we're not actually the Midwest either. We're more like the adjacent East. Hey, <laughs> hey, where is Northwestern University located? Hey, man. I- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so I didn't go to the movies a lot when I was living in Missouri. Not to the theater. I watched most of the stuff at home. But sure. No, I never saw anybody ordering a pickle at a movie theater. That Wait. just seems really, really random and really, really wrong. Like, what are you talking about? Like a pickle on a stick? A fried pickle? A, like one of those things that are in a little packet with, like, Kool-Aid mix or something? Like, what are we talking about, pickles? Like, you know, like a... Like a pickle, like a like one that's like, like this, like a pickle that you would get on like the side of your food like a, at a diner. Yeah, pickle. No, spear. not not a wedge, not a wedge, not a quarter. I'm talking like a full on, like cylindrical, fat looking green. So pickle. what you're saying is somebody is sitting in a theater somewhere with just a a, a hand pickle and just just chomping on this hand pickle in in watching whatever Shang Chi. Yeah. That's what they're doing right now somewhere in America. Yes. Like, are they Texas. dipping it in something? Or have you seen that, Chase? That can't be a real thing. Eating is, a pickle at a movie theater. That is a hundred percent a real thing, and that happens in Texas, my man. Really? Really? I'm not, I'm not even playing. Like uh, my very first movie that I remember seeing in theaters was Lion King, uh, but the very first movie I remember seeing as a family in theaters was like shortly thereafter was the Flintstones movie with like John Goodman and um, Halle Berry and all them. I remember. My mom ordering a pickle at the theater, at the concession stand, and I had a bite, and then she went back and got me one, too. So, yeah, we both had pickles, and they still sell pickles at movie theaters, like the big old hand pickles at the concession stand. That is a Texas thing. If I go up to, like, the Alamo Draft House up the road, I can just order a pickle? You should be able to. I I mean, I hate pickles, so I'm not going to order one, (laughs) but that just is random and wrong. Do they just slap it in your hand, or do they give you a cup or something? Or they give you like a napkin. That's about it. <laughs> Dude, I, there's moisture in a pickle. You're not even gonna give them a little pickle cup. Yeah, it's gonna like drip <laughs> on your hand, isn't it? <sighs> You're not even gonna uh, give them a pickle cup. <laughs> or like put a stick through it, you know. <laughs> Oh Lord! When you when you gents come down, we're gonna go to a movie of some kind, whether it's good or bad, and, we're, and I'm gonna we're gonna get pickles at the movie theater, and you're gonna like it. No, I'm I'm just gonna be the one in the theater. Like I'll just I'll find one just in the audience. Hey, you enjoying your pickle? <laughs> just in the theater. <laughs> Seems weird. <laughs> oh, 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 oh man. Oh, Lord. Welcome to the Pickle Podcast, by the way. The, the, non, aye, 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 the aye, non-procrastinating aye. podcast that isn't talking about what, it was, what it's right. meant to. Wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. Barry Jensen at the lodge meeting. That's right. <laughs> well, apart from uh, ball games and Marvel movies for, for David, how have y'all's weeks been? Like, what have y'all been up to this week? I was in the office, so doing this weird rotational back to the office thing and got bullied by my employees to buy them lunch. That was fun, getting bullied, but nah. It, Did they all, all conveniently leave their wallets and purses at home so you had to pay? <laughs> no, it's just one of those things. It's like, you know what would be really nice? You know, if, if we just had lunch, you know, they, they, they try those sly tactics. I've, I, I've, I've managed most of these people for over five years, so they, they know me pretty well. They know I'm pretty soft, and also I didn't bring a lunch, so I needed lunch anyway, so they got there me. There we go. There we go. So, I, you know, I told you I, I'm involved in the parking, the, the pickup line. Yeah, you're the running man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but... Um, I feel like the headmaster is grooming me to like. Well, you said grooming you. Ev- eventually, run the the drop off the pickup line. <laughs> he was like, all week he was like, all right, go inside and grab a radio, come back out, and you're gonna shadow me, like, and I'm gonna teach you all these new things that are involved in in the pickup line. And I'm like, why are you teaching me all of these things? That can only be one reason is he's training me to, like, be able to run it, which I really, really don't want to do. Mm. Mm. And I was trying to look. I'm just more concerned. He actually does use the title of headmaster. Yes, he's the headmaster, not the principal. That's a very common terminology. All right. Hey, I I didn't know we went back to 18th century England. Okay, I didn't know you took a post at Oxford. You know, I, I, I'm just from a simple little place called Ohio where they call themselves principal. <laughs> it is very common, especially in charter schools and private schools. Charter schools are not private schools. Do not, can, do not mix the two. But it is very common in both charter schools and private schools to have headmasters and not principals. Yeah. It's it's a private school light. It sounds no, it sounds be- like a better title to me, honestly. We we take less public funding, less taxpayer funding in exchange for more freedom with the curriculum. Ow. Right? But it doesn't cost the students any money to attend. Hmm. So it is a public school. Well done. I was like trying to figure it out though. Where in my contract does it say like like you are you have like pickup duties like other duties I was, as assigned? I was looking, yeah, yeah, that's it, right? Other <laughs> other duties, which could be anything. <laughs> right. Oh lord, lord. Well, hey, maybe it'll come with like a like a twenty five cent pay increase on your salary or something, or maybe it'll come like as a bonus or something. You know, with you being the running man. I just like for some reason, Eric. Like, whenever I picture you, um, like doing that, like at, at the drop off, like I, par- I partly like it's at the it's at the pickup, not the drop off. I'm sorry, at pickup. Like, yeah. Whenever, whenever I picture you, I think of like Cayman from like the Inner Light at the very end before it goes supernova, like with the hat and like you're squinting, 
and like I just see I just picture like these like you know Walmart pay less generic like white sneakers that you're like wearing with like a like some like talcum powder or, or whatever on your nose <laughs> that just this feels like it's getting very personal <laughs> oh lord no, all I do is I I take off my tie cuz I'm not wearing that thing outside in the heat take off my dress shoes put on some some Nike sneakers and my hiking sun hat with the full brim so I was, I'm partly I'm partly right. Everyone, thank you for joining us for today's episode. It's the pick on Eric episode, for crying out loud. Oh, or I'm sorry, Alpha 5. My bad. My bad. Good Lord. Good Lord. Well, excellent. Um... I, uh, I mean, I, I'd, I'd rather have random conversations than talk about this episode, honestly. <laughs> I mean, we can make this as long as we want to, but eventually we got to talk about something else. Um, so this week has been bonkers, like absolutely bonkers for me. I uh, So a lot of like boring academic stuff, but um, survived another week of teaching on my own. So yay. That's a, that's a plus. Um, I got more. I, got, I made some progress on my dissertation, which I'm pretty happy about. Um, and I'm hoping to turn in some edits, and hopefully they're good, and uh, be able to defend pretty soon. But I um, I was actually just added to an editorial board for an academic journal, so a peer-reviewed journal. So um, I get to review people's manuscripts and be like, "This is great," or "Suck less," basically. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of a lot of really boring stuff uh, this week in the world of academia for Chase. So, um, yay! I'm glad that we're talking about something non-academic related. That so I don't have to be in that world all the time, all the freaking time. So, um, I know one one last thing. Um, I know Eric, you have you have like a knee injury of sorts. But um, at any point, have either of you ever had runner's knee by chance? Or, or know what runner's knee is? I just have bad knees. That's th- that's <laughs> our thirties. That's just our thirties. So, <laughs> so I've been so I've you know I've been running and training for this five k that I'm going to be doing end of October, and my knee has like started to hurt, um, and I've been like looking it up, and I think it's runner's knee. Uh, it's like the the outside of my knee like on the left side of my right knee and it's just like kind of painful and sore so it inhibits my ability to like run fast or have like better stride and stuff like that um like i'm kind of like hobbling and like kind of limping like for my first round of like jogging whenever i'm doing this so um some good old 800 milligram um, ibuprofen is doing the trick right now along with some uh, kinesiology tape um, but I, I just didn't know if either of you had ever had anything like that from playing sports ball or anything I, I like u- that. I usually just wind up messing up my shoulder and or back. The knees are what they are. You know, I'm, I mean, from like baseball way back in the day, basketball, you know, a little bit of football, all that good sort of stuff. It's just, it is what it is. But, um, 
I, I mean, I, I hike as much as I can. I'm not really a big runner anymore because <laughs> why? Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's not it's not good when you want to move and it's not quite working out for you. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, I think the time has finally come. I think we've we've ended our, our Jensen at the meeting um, portion of our of our conversation. So, um, anyways, gents, here we are, episode four of uh, Star Trek Lower Deck season two, Megato, Megato Gamato. Um, so, as we dive into this, if this is your first time listening, just know that this is not spoiler free. We do talk about this. We talk about what we like, what we don't like, and everything in between. So, um, if you haven't watched it, go check it out before you listen to our ramblings for the next however long this is going to be. Five minutes. Uh, kidding. So, uh, anyway. Uh, Episode four. Um, so the Cerritos is dispatched to a planet to investigate an unexplained sighting of a dangerous Mugato. And um, anyways, the beginning of this particular episode, we see the return of more Star Trek sports. Freaking Ambu Jitsu. And, um, and we got like Rutherford and we got some Boimler being a little cocky about like their skill and their training. And... Um, taken trying to take Mariner to task and it ends up not very well for them at all at all um, got a little buck tooth action going on at some point um, like with a broken tooth uh, we have a we have like the little q-tip stick that gets snapped in half and goes through someone's hand uh, during this teaser um, anyway what would y'all and what'd y'all think of that little teaser just like the little ambujitsu thing with those three and Shaq's just kind of just chilling watching it all happen Ambo Jitsu Riker and his dad settle their differences by pummeling themselves with American gladiator Q-tip things <laughs> yeah the Icarus factor <laughs> yeah. right I, that's always what I think of whenever I see those is American gladiators mm-hmm. when they had to like there was the one specific game where they were on like the little ring platform up in the air and they were like beating each other with the the big q-tip sticks and whoever won was the person who could knock the guy off the little ring Mm -hmm. platform Mm -hmm. man american gladiators was awesome back in the day i'm sure it was really terrible but i mean nostalgia makes everything better right well they had like even like a diet version of that for us kids on nickelodeon with guts like they had yeah nickelodeon guts they had like some of that American Gladiator stuff, including something like what you're talking about, Eric, on Guts. Good old Steve O'Malley, who played Bert on Glee, for anyone that ever watched Glee by chance. Or the I just ri- remember, Nickelodeon Guts had that British referee, the woman. Yeah. Uh, was her name Shay? I, uh, I think it was Shay. Anyway, he also played the really annoying um, um, uh, federal official in. Um, the movie with Tom Hanks, um, Sully, the the movie Sully, um, who was like really putting Tom Hanks's character uh, to task um, on like how he handled the crash landing. Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's again it, it, we've talked about this probably too much, but the the sort of overstretching of reality, you know. Uh, yes, uh, totally, uh, you're going to go completely out of control. Stab your uh, crewmate through the hand with your broken stick that you you know just broke over your knee. 
of course. Um, and then just continue to concuss them over and over again uh, while a superior ranking officer watches. Uh, yeah, good, good fun times. It's great. Well, he wasn't really watching. He was like, oh, That's you got true. 10 more minutes. You're fine. I'll play on my iPhone or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I got this Candy Crush going. It's an old, it's an old game. But it works with our technology. Somehow that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me. With the Cerritos and everything. You ever heard of this Angry Birds thing? It's a bird. Yeah. It gives you viruses on your devices. <laughs> you know, I've never actually played Angry Birds ever. I used to enjoy Angry Birds or, like, for like a Sandy second. Or Candy Crush. Yeah, never played so, Candy Crush. Did play the birds, like the original game not the newer one the last so i think like the first and last time i played angry birds was whenever i went out to uh, california for a doctor who convention in la and we stayed with some friends in uh, burbank and they were playing it and um i would i remember i was just playing it like randomly and then like my phone just like it got like a virus and i only knew that because i had like virus software on my my phone that was detecting it i'm like i'm good and i think i tried coming back to it like during quarantine last year and uh it just changed man it's it's different i'm not i'm not too crazy about what they did with the game and the stories and everything but but oh candy crush too that's anyways taking me back i think i feel like we're doing everything we can to not talk about this episode right now is it that so obvious anyway, there, there's another game that they're playing about not being happy about business deals that's fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah. diplomat so, um, Denobulans. Denobulans pop up on uh, this particular um, episode. And, um, okay, so were y'all confused at first um, if it was a Denobulan or if it was a Cardassian, just out of curiosity? No, I think I saw Denobulan right away. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so I guess it was just me um, because, like, I saw it and, like, you know, with the no Denobulan... Denobulans and Cardassians, like they have like that scaly, like little edge to their face or whatever. Um, I had to like really look for a second. Like, of course, there was like there wasn't like the spoon, like that. That's characteristic of it. Um, but I was like, okay, wait, wait. And then they did like the puffer fish thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's definitely a Denobulan. Definitely a Denobulan. Um, which is kind of odd because um, David and I, um, in one of the recent books that we were reading and again we had like this conversation in fact uh, when we just recorded shadows have offended um you know like are these books canon are they not canon which ones are which ones aren't um other franchises do a very um, deliberate job of stating what is and what isn't canon and star trek is kind of like big old question mark on a lot of stuff um but you know in the, in some of the books it talks about um denobulans like having left the federation um, for whatever reason. So they're not part of it anymore like they were, you know, at the time of, like, Archer and when, like, the Federation was being formed and founded and all that other stuff. So um, big old question mark on if they are or aren't part of the Federation society. Like, apart from, like, you know, like the research or whatever they were doing on, um, I think it was called Frylon 4 or something like that in this particular episode. I feel like I'm rambling. That sounds right. That sounds right. So, anyway, um, so they're there, and they they see, like, 
they're, they're doing some stuff and there's like trees and leaves and bushes and stuff that are rustling and boom we find out it's this horned gorilla thing and uh, that that attacks and that's what's essentially driving most of the rest of the episode basically so um, anyway did y'all did y'all appreciate seeing Denobulans or like take it or leave it kind of thing I mean I like Flox as a character um yeah, it's always good to see a species you're familiar with. I mean, they those two characters completely disappeared from the rest of the episode, which I was disappointed in. I don't know. Did they get eaten by the Mugatu? Did they escape? Did what I mean, what happened? It's kind of a loose thread. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe 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 they we know they survived because they're the people that sent the message to the Federation and Starfleet about the, you know, the unexpected appearance of the Mugatu. But why didn't we meet up with them when we got down to the planet? I don't know. It was just a loose thread. Because mm-hmm. they're dead. <sighs> do I need to do like an I, 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 I counter for this episode, Eric? I feel like I need to. Oh, good grief. Okay. I'm just going to start sighing now. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, without like necessarily going it like, you know, minute by minute, um, you know, we do see Rutherford and Boimler. They're playing like essentially like a, a Settlers of Catan type of, of um, game there um, in like the 10 forward or what? What's that actually called? Do we know what that's actually called? In this show, and it, it's basically it's basically the Cerritos's version of the of Ten Forward. So like they're yeah. basically playing Settlers of Catan, whatever the name of the game is. Um, and we have like a little like conspiracy theorist bartender um, that ends up telling um, I think it's Boimler, right? Boimler or Rutherford that uh, Mariner is like the secret black ops person. Um, that's like killed all these people and done like all this like shady stuff and like all this paranoia that co- that it causes for them moving forward. So, um, anyway, I don't, I don't know. Um, which is sets off like this whole like mistrust, like further mistrust of, of, um, Mariner for the rest of the episode, which I'm like, was that necessary? I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. It's like a 20, 30 minute episode. I mean, I guess you gotta have something, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think I I think the intention of this episode was to have Boimler and Rutherford, our two n- nerdy guys, for lack of a better phrase, save the day, and we needed a reason for it to be them and not Mariner Sue. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, I see what you did there. Ouch, kabibble, indeed. Wow. And so, and so, I mean, not to skip too far ahead, but I liked the ending, like the result of I knew the you payout would. of the of the whole, you know, rumor that that Mariner, the rumor of about Mariner, right, and and how it led to forcing it to be Boimler and Rutherford, and they came up with a. 
diplomacy solution, and we didn't punch our way out of it. Right. Right. And when I was watching it, I was like, Eric's going to love this part. Here we go. I mean, the only thing that was missing was like a, like a square or a circle, like on a stand for people to sit yeah. around. So we could sit around it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean like that, that's like essentially like what, what like that. So, so, okay. Let me, let me, sh- let me slow down. Plot A, I think, is like the Rutherford, Boimler, like conspiracy freak out, like against Mariner, and then plot B, uh, like the yeah, the the B story, the uh, the B plot is Tendy and having to get all these scans of people like not wanting to do a physical, basically. Um, so, I mean, like it's it's a thirty minute, twenty thirty minute episode, so it goes by pretty quick for the most part. But there were times like I felt like it, this episode was kind of dragging, to be completely honest with you. Um, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep, let's go ahead and keep talking about, um, like the, the A story, the A plot and, um, you know, like this thing about the the Megato and, um, all that stuff. And and, yeah, the three different names for Mogadishu. (laughs) Mogadishu. Um, but yeah, like so. So we we end up going on an away mission. People are, I mean, Boimler and Rutherford are still freaking out about freaking Mariner, for Pete's sake. And we find out that there are some Ferengi involved. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Hey, are you last outpost style Ferengi? Ding. Ding. Reference. <laughs> One reference, <laughs> and then the Mugato. Ding. Another reference. But I, I have I have some some real big questions here. Okay, all right. so Eric coming in clutch with the questions. Here we go. All right, so the Mugatu, Mugatu, Gumato, Mogadishu, yeah, creature, whatever, there is not native to this planet. No, Frylon Four, whatever you said, and that's why Starfleet was sent to investigate. Right. So, did the Ferengi? capture these creatures on some other planet and bring them here? Because I was confused about that. Because that doesn't really make sense to me. Or, like, did the Federation just not know that these Mugatus were on the, were, were actually native to this planet and that was a mistake? I'm kind of confused. So, the only instance that I'm aware of with these, these critters is on the planet um, Neural, right? From A Private Little War. And that's it. Right. So did the Ferengi capture these creatures and bring them to this planet? That doesn't seem very cost productive. I mean, probably <laughs> and not. And this seems like a kind of a small operation. We didn't see a whole lot of um, people involved. And that type of operation, capturing them and transporting them to this planet to then put them in a cage and then po- be poachers and cut their horns off and do whatever and sell them, doesn't seem very cost productive to me. No. Yeah, that was that was confusing. I mean, have you seen a Ferengi ship for Pete's sake? I mean, it looks like a like a little scimitar of sorts. I mean, it's it's not that big. I mean, I feel like the the Ferengi Marauder class ship that we saw in the last battlefield was just as big as the Enterprise. 
that's true. I guess I'm just think. I guess I'm just thinking of um, Little Green Men, the episode Little Green Men. That yeah, guess, that's that's that something. Was, that was like a little shuttle. Yeah, my bad. That's my bad. Runabout, like a runabout class. Yeah. But still, I mean, like the Ferengi ships. Yeah, like it wouldn't be cost productive, like you're saying, Eric. To um, to if if that is the case, right? And like they are native to Neural. Uh, where you know where where the um, private little war episode took place in season two of um, original series. I mean, plus we don't. I mean, for all we know, maybe. I mean, maybe perhaps uh, Frylon Four is is somewhere close to Neural. I don't know. Um, maybe it's a sector over. Maybe it. I don't. Maybe it's a different quadrant. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, but I did. I mean, I kind of. So it, this is definitely an Easter egg, but I kind of enjoyed seeing like the little Ferengi like lightning whips make an appearance again. Um, just like they're they're cheesy, but um, I think they're cheesy. Uh, but it was I mean it was good kind of seeing that callback, you know, to what they they used originally. Um, but I just I have a hard time seeing like the the Ferengi like having like like that much like muscle over. Um, a Mugato, you know. I don't know. Yeah, especially because Klingons were involved in the Private Little War episode. Yeah, yeah, and like I what mean, Klingons, Ferengi. Right, and like not only that, but like the the Mugato, um, like if you just like got like a little scratch from it, like it was like a death sentence, basically, like with how poisonous. Um, they could be. Well, um, I mean, if you just stab the wound with a knife and like suck on it, though, I hear that that helps. <laughs> Beckett, Dracula. Good grief! Good grief! And well, okay. And then, like, all the, all the little, like, costuming and stuff that they did, like, you know, skinning them and wearing, like, their skins. And, um, by the way, Kenny Baker was, like, the main uh, Ferengi. So the guy that voices uh, SpongeBob was the main Ferengi in this particular one. Nice. Um, so, um, so, yeah, Ferengi SpongeBob was, uh, was, was the one leading this operation, apparently. And... Um, I guess being a, a sponge of a Ferengi, you don't really know much about commerce and cost-benefit and SWATs and all the other stuff, apparently, like we find out towards the end of this episode. Um, I, I, said, I think I told David this um, off-screen, off, um, off this discussion, but um, like texting or whatever, but I had an Eric moment where... I'm like I was like I'm still this close to uh, getting in my shuttlecraft and going home, and that was the freaking playing with the horn and having um, Magato sexy time. Like I'm just over that man. Like th- this is the third episode in a row. You know we had. Kalis's sex helmet and the Cation sex doll, and now here we've got Mugatu gorilla sex with the one guy coming in and jerking his horn. Like, 
Like, when did Star Trek become this? Like, we're laughing here because, like, this conversation is funny. It's ridiculous. But this is not funny on screen. Like, this is... This is just downright awful. And frankly, I'm kind of appalled that that Star Trek Lower Decks is heading in this direction. It's 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 awful and it needs to stop like right now. They they, they had they had a cuckolded monkey. Like you know, it, we I, I had asked you guys. I didn't know who the writer or the head of this whole debacle is, and you guys explained, and then also said that he worked on Rick and Morty. And Rick and Morty, I mean, I, I find some humor in Rick and Morty, but it's because there's a lot of very clever humor there, and they do a lot of you know interesting references. And and it can be a pretty raunchy show, but that's understood, I think, by everybody. You don't show your kids that. I don't understand why you well the other thing too is we're not getting we're not even getting like any sort of clever humor it's literally just sex jokes and positioning this log so as to not see what was going on until basically you did show it it just it screams like I, I, I just don't get the joke I don't, I don't understand the joke. It's like this person is playing a joke on the people that are watching, not a joke for the people watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Like in the last one, uh, the last episode, I think I said that, you know, I, I, there was some of the humor that I was like, okay, well, that's kind of funny. I didn't quite agree with everybody else's assessment, but. I mean, I think that the idol thing we all universally agreed upon. It's like, what, what the hell is this? I mean, what, what exactly is this? But now we're just, we're, we're literally continuing to press the or push the envelope here. Like next week, what, what's it going to be? Uh, an interstellar orgy on the ship or something, or like, you know, some aliens going to come attack and have sex with the Cerritos or something like that. Like, how, how much do we have to push this? It just doesn't seem. It just doesn't seem. I don't know. It, just, it 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 seems weird to do that to this franchise. Agreed. I I agree 100 percent with you on that. It's it's appalling is the word I'm using because that's that's how I felt when I when I saw this. And the the thing is too, like I don't know if you guys like because I don't really. I don't really engage in much in the way of social media and uh, you know I post my hot dog pics that's not innuendo by the way just legitimate hot dogs um see now that could be a funny joke but like I I have seen feedback for you know stuff like discovery and and lower decks and you get people who kind of bring up similar points to this but it's it because social media is just such a cesspool of ridiculousness I've also seen people go, you know, push back and it's like, oh, you just don't get humor or, you know, you're just trying to like, well, like gatekeep or something like that. It's like, no, you're just sort of sucking the soul out of something that was very scientific and smart and the humor just ran along with the science and everything. It's okay to want to have a show 
that inspired generations of people to be astronauts, to create technology that was so far beyond the understanding that we had at the time when these shows were coming out, so that you have a literal hand computer, okay? This thing could have launched people to the moon, and you know now it does everything for us based upon the imagination coming down through all of this sort of science fiction and so forth and now I have to watch two monkeys having sex on a log with a cuck behind him yeah you know well, I want to I want to add to that without um, I hope I, I don't come off as an angry nerd troll or, or a gatekeeper or anything like that okay um, but I think like the franchise that you you typically swim in the most, David, is is obviously Star Wars, right? Um, and I think without being as deep in it as you and like your brother and other you know folks that we we know uh, run it in that circle with, like one of the main complaints um, I think from fans, including like some of the um, original creators of Star Wars, is that you're not doing anything new. Like George Lucas, for example, um, he had to invent technology. He had to invent methods for how things were done um, in the in like the seventies and eighties, and even like you know with the prequel trilogies, like um, in like creating like new planets and new places to go to. And then you get like a little bit later on, and it's just a rehash. Like you're not really doing anything new. You're just kind of like using the IP for the sake of using the IP. And, like, same thing with, like, original series and, like, all the stuff that we got, like, in the 80s, 90s, and, like, the first part of the 21st century. Um, we, had, we had, like, that smart stuff. Like, we were creating, like, new, new species. We were creating new adventures. We were propelling it forward. And then all of a sudden it comes to, like, a dead halt. And it's just a rehash of everything that we've seen before. So, like, there, there's this, like... Uh, Again, I'm trying not to sound like a, an angry nerd troll, but like it's almost like there's like this creative like bankruptcy um, that's like kind of taken place uh, to an extent uh, with with both both of our fandoms, both both uh, streams that we we swim in, that we we hang out in, so to speak. Um, and and now like that we're trying to push things forward, we're having to we're we're, we're just going for like low hanging fruit um, just to get anyone and everyone instead of trying to speak to like a specific kind of audience and have like that smart comedy about it that Star Trek has always had yeah but isn't that one of the trade-offs when you go away from like a single person controlling a franchise to a network controlling a franchise I mean it is Disney wants to be inclusive which is good but they are wrong and, and I would um, I would say the same with you know like Paramount and all that they're trying to it, there's a difference between writing a story and pushing the envelope with a story and being smart about a story than just trying to riddle it with all of this stuff like it, it's been a kind of a complaint of mine about like a rapid fire um, uh, rapid fire references in all these lower deck episodes so far and yeah. how how like uh, draining that can get. People said that the 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 sequel trilogy for Star Wars was pushing the envelope, but in reality, it really wasn't. It was actually rehashing 
the same story with new characters that nobody bought into because it was the same story. And I think subconsciously people realize that. It's like, well, where's Luke, Han, and Leia? We're telling the same story. Where are our characters at? Right. And like, even in like, just one, one thing, like, even like looking at those camps just for a second, like you look at the Mando camp for, for Pete's sake, you know, there was new technology, new ish technology that was created to meet, um, meet a new creative end. Like with like this, like a wall, right? The volume. Yeah. Yeah. The volume. Like that was like technology that was created specifically for like that time in the star Wars franchise, Mm -hmm. which I think, people like maybe unfairly at times compare you know like the Favreau verse versus the the um, JJ verse of, of Star Wars but like we're, we're not here to talk about Star Wars but I mean perhaps like there's something to that in terms of like like I, I don't think I'd have an issue with lower decks if if we were more smart about it like if we just got rid of not get rid of but if we like started to dial back the frat boy humor, right? Um, I think there's a balance that you can strike with lower decks, like without it just being all about fart jokes and sexual innuendos for Pete's sake. I mean, there are, there are little pieces of genius is a strong word, but there are little pieces of really good writing in lower decks like even in this episode right here there's a little tiny piece of good writing with the way we come to a solution to with our Ferengi problem that's a that's a good piece of writing and so I've never seen Rick and Morty so I don't know anything about the story what it anything about it with the humor but it's got amazing reviews everywhere so this the our creator here has to be a talented writer. I don't know if he I don't know if he's one of the main writers or if he's like just on the writing staff. I have no idea. But there are smart people out there that can do a lot of good writing. You look at some of the writing credits of the people that are involved in New Trek, right? Is that's what we're calling it? Like New Trek. You look at the writing credits. There are some like Michael Shabon, our creator of Star Trek Picard. I mean, the guy's a Pulitzer Prize-winning author. He's talented. He's won Hugo Awards and Nebula Awards for, for some of his novels. The guy's got talent. Um, there's, I mean, there, we can tell good stories here without, you know, making sex jokes. And I also think there's one point I want to get in there I, that came up. When, when Discovery was first starting, Jason Isaac, who played Captain Lorca, said... We're not making this show for the old-time fans. We're making this show for new fans. And it pissed a lot of people off. And he's like, no, 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 let me clarify. What I mean is the old fans are going to watch it no matter what we do. Which is like a worse clarification. He made it worse. (laughs) And it's like, yes, I get that you want to bring in new people. You're not going to survive as a franchise if you don't bring in new fans which i completely agree just, with so so it's okay to try i have no i have no problem trying new things i don't even have a problem with like the force awakens even though it is essentially a new hope part you know redux i don't have a problem with that okay 
yeah, like you need to you, you need to bring in new fans if you want like um, anything to survive. Like just like a business needs to bring on new clients pretty much every month, every quarter if they want their business to continue to thrive. Um, so anyway, um, I think this is the most we've probably sounded like gatekeepers um, and old guard um, like, like ever. Like, I feel like I have gone very out of my way to make it very clear throughout the entire existence of the this podcast and the existence of our recaps, these Engage episodes. If you like this, if this is your thing, your favorite, I am very happy for you, right? Like, if, this, if you love this, love it. Embrace it. Wrap it in a hug. Enjoy it. <laughs> I, I am not here to tell you don't like this i'm not here to tell you don't like discovery i'm not here to tell you don't like picard or like picard i'm not here to say ds9 all the way everything else sucks you know like i'm not a gatekeeper i have gone out of my way to make that a point and i will always go out of my way to make that a point but this is part of where we're getting i think this is the most gatekeeper ish we might have ever sounded Right. Which I think we've all said that too. You know, like people know that like my my top Star Treks are going to be um, Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, and Enterprise. Like those are the ones that I go back and I watch the most out of any Star Trek. And I'm sure each each of us like I know like Eric is a DS Niner and a Voyager uh, kind of guy for Pete's sake. Um, so whatever, yeah, like what you're saying, and and I've said the same thing. If you dig it, cool. I'm not here to yuck your yum by any means. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want any of us to be to be yucking anyone's yum. It's just, I guess, whenever you have a certain, I want to be careful how I say this. People listening, please take this in the spirit in which I'm trying to give this. I suppose, like, whenever you expect something, like when something has been the way that it has for a half century, essentially, um, and then it like deviates almost pivots entirely it's just it's really difficult to to reconcile i think is is really what i'm getting at i think what, what all of us are are getting at with with some of the stuff particularly in like lower decks discovery and maybe at times in picard so anyways let's we can we can move on unless david you have like one thing that you wanted to add or or need to add at all I, I think I think it's beating a dead horse at this point. I mean, it, it, it is it is what it is. I mean, Star Wars, you could kind of say uh, Resistance is is the is that kind of show. It, it's it was funny because me and my brother did a, a recap of that of the first two seasons. Well, the only two seasons. And the thing is, we didn't really enjoy it all that much, but his kid did because it was his kid's level of humor and that sort of again rapid fire how. ADD kind of like bouncing off the wall thing that I can't quite get into. I need like slower stories a lot of times so I can just sink into them. Um, but yeah, I, th- th- I think that's just the time. It's just the yeah. time right now. It's why I, I'm always very hesitant to start new shows or movies sometimes. It's yeah. just different. Okay. Well, do y'all want to um, you want to wrap up the the a plot and we can talk very quickly about the b plot so um so eric like you you were like you said and 
I think I was mentioning it like the beginning too. Um, like there's there's a very great aspect of what happens. Like um, it was it was like almost a, an Eric favorite in in terms of like what he likes about Trek. Um, it was like the the talking about in like the diplomatic stuff. The only thing that was missing was an observation lounge to to complete it to complete the set. Um, so we find out like with the Ferengi what they're doing and the Magadu like they get out and like they're wreaking havoc um, essentially and then like the, everything gets back into control and Boimler and Rutherford they're kind of running scared a little bit uh, but then they're the ones that um, they go back to like their Settlers of Catan kind of game that they were playing in the bar um, and kind of use that as a way to kind of talk about how to create a, a solution to this problem and uh, it's very much a business kind of thing. So, Eric, I mean, what do you think about this? Again, this is probably I, your favorite part of the episode. I love, you know, they they break into some storage facility and they're grabbing stuff, and it looks like they're grabbing like a big bazooka or something. Yeah, a, a Captain Kirk level bazooka. Yeah, from <laughs> yeah. Arena. Yeah. Yeah, and then they they open up the room and they storm in with this thing over boy over. Uh, Rutherford Scholey's like, hey, Ferengi, we got something for you. And you're just expecting, like, a projectile to shoot out of this. And it turns to the Ferengi, and they're, like, ducking, and nothing happens. And they look up, and there's, like, you know, writing in the sky and, like, a cost-benefit graph. And it, it was – that was clever. That was very clever, as I said. There's some some genius bit little bits of writing in here. And I laughed when that little cost benefit graph. It was funny, right? I laughed like I'm not gonna say like I didn't laugh during this episode because I did. Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 no, it, it, it was it was a good it was a good way to end it because so much has been all about you know kicking butt and strength and, and all that kind of stuff. And while it's not necessarily like a scientific solution to anything. It is a diplomatic solution to something in a way that the Ferengi would be able to understand. Mm-hmm. And of course I, I think the only the only somewhat unbelievable thing is they just automatically launch into becoming conservationalists or whatever. So you know it's like, wow, you guys were persuasive. Good mm-hmm. job. <laughs> well not not only that, but like as as much crap as we may, maybe give Mariner at times, like you could tell that she was like proud of her friends and like what they were doing in that moment. So I did enjoy like that little bit of, of character development for Mariner. Cause I think like the most character development that we've seen in this show. And I think we talked about it last time has been with, um, with Rutherford, right? Like Rutherford, I think has had like the most character development of all the cast so far. So to see, see that, like see the opportunity for Rutherford and Boimler to really shine and for Mariner to really step back, and be proud of her friends. I, re- I really like that. I really like that part of the, the episode. So um, that's pretty much it for for the a plot, unless I'm completely missing something. I mean, oh, apart you mean from you don't want to no, talk about the Steve Irwin esque explorer guy who David with the terrible Australian accent. Dang it, David! Who got? Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even picture Crocodile Hunter until you mentioned it. Like. Like before we started recording, I was like, "Is that who that was supposed to be?" Mm-hmm. God, <laughs> so dumb. Or you don't have to. Don't you want to talk about Shaxx eating Mugatu poop? <laughs> I think we're going the right way. You don't have to. Eat, oh, ooh, he's eating more of it. 
What was the point of that? Uh, yeah, we can move on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Patingi. Patingi was the, the Steve Irwin character, by the way. That yeah, was... I've read five books. I didn't write. I don't write. Yeah, I've got five books. <laughs> oh, I mean, I own them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Goodness, goodness. All right. So, uh, B-plot. So, again, we have another Tendi kind of focused story. And um, like we were saying, um, there's like this, like there are like, I don't know, it was maybe like a dozen or so uh, people that have not gone like to do like a physical or get something scanned uh, as part of like their annual checkup or whatever. And um, Dr. Tiana is like, hey, you go do this type of thing. And she has to get like stupid creative with with scanning people. I had a, I had a question. It, it, it's it's actually more of a potential nitpick, not really about the plot, but just about something that was said. So, what, what's the guy's name? Bald guy, uh, Lieutenant Commander. Oh shoot! Um, is that Stevens? Maybe. The guy so, who like breaks his hip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just talking to somebody he needs to drink Stevens. more milk. Okay. Yeah. Stevens. Yeah. So he's a lieutenant commander. Very clearly mm-hmm. has the two full pips and then you know the sort of dark pip, right? Yep. Yeah. So Tendi calls him lieutenant. She does. Yep. I mean, he's not a lieutenant. He's a lieutenant commander. Data was a commander. Data. I mean. Right. Well, yeah. Is that is that is that like something like breaking the guy down because he's kind of a wimp? Was it that might have the just joke? Been a mistake? I don't know. If you if you watch Voyager season one, uh, it's clearly Lieutenant Tuvok all of season one. In the opening credits, it says Lieutenant Tuvok, and they always call him Lieutenant. But in season one, he's wearing Lieutenant Commander pips. Really? And he doesn't get promoted to Lieutenant Commander until season two. Hmm. How about that? But it, all season one, it's a mistake. Interesting. Huh. Ain't that something? And and also in Caretaker, the pilot episode, when Tom Paris gets his promotion, he's got two full pips, and everything after that, he's got Lieutenant JG pips, except for when he gets demoted. Well, no one ever said Voyager was a good show, right, guys? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh shoot! I think we, ding ding ding. There we go, Eric and David. Let's go. Hey, hey, yeah. Celebrity death match is on Paramount Plus, right? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh man, I missed that. There was one episode that I remember, like um, I think it was like Nine Inch Nails, um, was was in the ring, and they actually extended the nails um, to like slash and cut and to, like decapitate people. It was kind of funny, back in the day. That was a long time ago when that used to be on. Um, is that Comedy Central, I think? It was on MTV, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was MTV. Oh, yeah, MTV. MTV, there you go, yeah. <laughs> Goodness. And the, bald, and the bald ref. Bald ref. Yeah. Let's get it on! <laughs> that was always what he did. That was always what he said. Oh, anyway, Lord. this, this B-plot here is a pretty nothing burger for me. Right? Get, it's pretty you, you, you get some more cat jokes. Up. I love my cat, and I love cat jokes, but, like, come on. It's just, I don't, it's weird. 
it was weird. I mean, like all she does is like she goes around like scanning people and just like jumping and doing gymnastics and other stuff just to like duck in and, and scan people, and which is like, it's like a, it's a nothing thing. Like we don't even know like what, what it's all about. Like apart from, um, what was it? Um, patient number 07.019 at the very end, which we find out is spoilers, the doctor herself. Like, well, they say doctors make the worst patients, so I don't know if that's the joke they're going for here. Well, they left it wide open, and they did nothing with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, she's just running around acting like a cat, like jumping and clawing and... Climbing under things, and you're trying to reach in, and it scratches you. Yeah. Yeah, that's happened to me a yeah. few times. Hmm. I could do with less cat jokes in the future, though. Just saying. Well, and then, like, Tendy, like, tries to get down to her and, like, down, like, a Jeffrey's tube or turbo shaft or something, whatever that ended up being, and falls and breaks her arm, and the doctor's like, oh, nice try. And, like, you can c- clearly see that it's a compound fracture for Pete's sake. And then she comes in, scans her, and is like, oh, yeah, by the way, yeah, you are hurt. And that's it. Like, this was a nothing story. We didn't even need this. But, I mean, we needed a B story. Star Trek has to have a B story, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess. I well, mean, there's also any technically episodes? a C story as well, too, so. Oh, yeah. Which is dumb. You talking about like the par- about it. You talking about, like, the paranoia thing? No, the, the pirate guy whose ship blows up. Oh, yeah. The, the scam artist. The scam yeah. artist guy trying to scam the the captain out of goods and supplies. What what all did you have in your ship? Oh, a wooden ship and a Nautilus shell and conveniently everything you have on your back shelf there. (laughs) You've redecorated. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's it. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Lower Decks. That's it. Um, I hate to even ask, but I'm going to ask Delta none there's nothing command going on here there's nothing sciencey going on here nothing engineering going on here i mean i there's there's i just i there's nothing that i can really even grab onto with any of those yeah unless you wanted to roll like sort of like diplomacy up through command i guess i mean, I mean maybe you, you could technically give it like a quarter a quarter delta technically because there was a, uh, a a thought out solution to a problem that didn't involve murdering everyone so right and maybe like a little bit maybe a little bit of um, of engineering with uh, crafting a um, um, a bamboo uh, bazooka projector <laughs> maybe maybe that's that's a reach on that one, but I mean, maybe? Question mark. All right. Well, let's uh, let's roll into number ratings. So, a scale of one to ten, one being um, a complete dumpster fire, ten being um, this is great. Bird of the galaxy, Roddenberry would be proud, worthy. Well, we're not a ten. <laughs> 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 ah, 
yikes. This, this is, this is bad. This is bad. Um, it's not second, second contact bad for me. But I think it's probably the second worst episode of the show's run. Um, I really hated this episode. I'm just gonna give it, like, a four and wash my hands clean of it and never watch it ever again. Okay. Try not to think about it ever again. Okay. Like, I want to wash my hands after I watched it. Mm. You felt dirty, huh? <sighs> yeah. It feels, <laughs> feels sticky. Anyway, so, yeah, it was... Um, I'm gonna... Yeah, that was the joke I was trying to make. <laughs> I have to push things further, Eric. I just have to... I just have to push. I'm a pusher, man. Um, I, I agree. I agree with your rating. I mean, I don't. I don't think. Listen, when 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 people bring up that whole thing of like, well, if you if you took it to Gene Roddenberry, would be proud of you. If you took it to Gene Roddenberry and he was somehow alive, he'd probably cap himself in the head. I mean, it's like this. This is kind of what you're doing. I don't know. Maybe you had a better sense of humor. Who knows. But like it's it's it feels like such a I don't know I, I I question I question somebody who who puts out a show where you have this huge cacophony of scientific background whatever you want to call it and what you have boiled down the last three episodes we've watched. You've boiled it down to the most basis of lewd sex jokes. And then you fail to have a point. I think I think probably the worst thing, and this is like the comparison between like Rick and Morty and then like this. And again, I don't know how involved this guy was because I don't think he I don't think he was would have been the head writer of it. I I, I just don't remember the name, but I'm pretty sure he's not. But anyway, Rick and Morty had a point to the shows, even if it was just like a nostalgic point, like when you're talking about like that whole Szechuan sauce, everybody knows about the Szechuan sauce meme, you know, oh, uh, he just wanted the Szechuan sauce. Anyway, there was a point to that episode and it was a good point. That episode was actually really good. There's no point to this show right now. Like what, what's the point? Where's it going? What are they driving towards? If all you're going to do is a show based upon a few like 12 year old jokes I don't I don't see the point in its continuation long term unless Paramount's just really like yeah we need a sex joke show do it yeah who cares the IP doesn't matter who's paying for Paramount Plus coincidentally I'm also going to put this up here for you guys I meant to say it last week why why Am I watching commercials in the show when I decided to up and pay the $10? Why am I watching commercials? Like, what, what is Paramount Plus exactly giving me for this 10 bucks? I'm about to drop down because I have no idea why I should be watching commercials on this show. Are you watching uh, oh, commercials I, in between, like, segments or something? Th there's, there's at least some in the beginning of each episode I've watched, and sometimes there's one during the show. And here's another thing, too. It's actually... Um, it's illegal on television. You can't do it uh, because it was it was a form of uh, influence. Um, like when they used to do pop-up, real quick pop-up commercials to do that sort of subconscious influence. When I watch this, they are making the commercials 
significantly louder than the show. I have to turn it down. Now, I don't because it's a paid app, I don't think it matters, but that's really shifty and you can't do that on television. Like it's a well, big deal for for like for like television. So I really kind of hate to this watch app. like like TNT and TBS, the commercials would always be much louder than yeah. the actual show. I distinctly remember those two channels. Yeah. And everybody complained about it. But I've I've always paid for like the five ninety nine version of CBS All Access Paramount Plus. So I mean there's there are like I see that RuPaul's drag race ad at the beginning of every episode, no matter what I'm watching. And then there's a few during the show, like I think like three during the show. Hmm. But I yeah, I didn't I don't care. I'll watch the ads. Yeah, I don't mind, but I mind because I, I thought I was paying paid, into a yeah, tier yeah, that yeah. I didn't have to worry about that. I'm, I'm probably going to drop down myself because I still have to watch the stupid commercials. So, okay, so just out of curiosity, David, uh, before I give my rating, are you watching like on your computer, your, your like smart TV? I mean, how are you watching it? Yeah, it's just on the TV, most part. So, I mean, maybe uninstall the app? And try and reinstall it and see if that takes care of it. I mean, I, I don't know. Listen, Chase, if, if I want to call the IT line, I'll plug it. I'll, I'll unplug it and plug it back in. But no, I'm just kidding. Or like, like yeah, no, I, 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 like, I don't have the Paramount Plus or CBS All Access app. I just go into like Amazon Prime and I right. bought yeah. the channel through there. Yeah, okay. So like, if I tried to go onto my computer to go to like CBS All Access or Paramount Plus, like I couldn't log in that way. I have to specifically go through Amazon Prime. I just I just thought it was weird, you know, you know, just just the way that the app is has been working. I don't I don't know. Fix that crap. I know I know the executives listen to this show. Absolutely, absolutely. We have them in our back pocket for Pete's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I After I, this I have. This episode, they might keep our checks though. Because mm. <laughs> of me. Because of me. Oh. Yeah. All right, Chase. What's your rating? I don't think we no sorry I don't think we got a number from David unless you just say you were agreeing I, with my I'm rating. I'm just agreeing with your rating. That works. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> See, you guys are making me rethink my rating because I was going to give it like even worse than what y'all are giving, and now I feel like compelled to give it like the same rating that y'all are. <sighs> I mean, it'd be the, no, there's you, a first time for everything. You can trash it. You can trash it. I hated this episode. Is I it just, is it second contact bad? Um, I think this might be Unification Part 3 bad for me. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, like the number that I was originally thinking was like 3.5, 3.6 for this episode. Just did not like this at all. At all. Um, the The only thing I liked about it was... Boimler and Rutherford at the end with their bazooka projector. That was it. But like the the um, over the top like gratuitous violence in the teaser the all the like the horned stimulation stuff um, did not like that. Did, I just didn't like there's just that like one like 22nd thing of this episode that I liked out of like the 30 minutes that it was. And that's it. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to I'll stick with my 
something. So you can assign a a point zero whatever to it. But um, yeah, I'm giving it like a three point six something for for this episode. So I think th- I think this might be a first where I've given a more harsh rating than Eric and David combined. <laughs> and they're the ones that are bringing up the average, not me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> hey, like, there's first time for everything. Right. But not a second time? A second contact? Don't push it, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now that I've completely trashed it uh, with a rating... And um, I've probably sounded the most gatekeepery of all. This is the last episode of um, the, of the podcast, so uh, live long and prosper, everyone. Kidding. We're gonna be around. We're gonna be like the. We're just gonna be limping along forever. Um, anyway, um, gents, thank you so much for for um, joining me on this. Um, per the huge, uh, we are almost at the halfway mark for this season. Uh, next week will be episode five, and then we'll only have five episodes left of season two and um i can't remember if i've heard that they've started um um production on season three yet or not uh but you know here in you know when y'all are listening to this just like a few days from now uh we'll be start um star trek day so um we'll have to keep our eyes eyes and ears peeled for um you know uh drop dates for for the seasons for series for just news in general um for, for what's going to be happening in the, the Star Trek franchise, the Star Trek world or whatever. I, I prefer calling it the Star Trek future rather than the Star Trek universe because, I mean, it's still kind of grounded in reality. Kind of. So, anyway. Uh, David, Eric, again, thank you so much for joining me uh, for this discussion. And uh, for everyone out there in listener land, thank you so much for putting up with our ramblings um, week after week with this stuff. Um, I don't know if you all agree. Um, or if you greatly, strongly disagree uh, with our ratings and like some of the, the things that we were mentioning. But um, either way, let us know. Uh, again, like Eric and David and I, we always say, you know, if, if this is your show, then love it. You know, drink the Kool-Aid, wear the jersey, get after it, man. Uh, we want you to enjoy Star Trek. Whatever gets you into Star Trek, cool. We're, we're happy to have you, even if we don't like it right now. Um, but yeah, tell us, tell us what you think. Um, get, get a hold of us, uh, check our website out, trtvpod.com, uh, check out our, um, hailing frequency section where you can leave us a comment, um, give us an opinion, show idea, uh, whatever it might be. Um, and just, you know, supporting the show in general, tell your friends about it, uh, go to Podbean, um, go to Spotify, wherever you listen and follow, subscribe. So you get automatic notifications and automatic download. So you don't even have to think about it. Um, you just get like that reminder, Hey, new episode. Um, you know, joining our group, we have we're on all the socials um, at TRTV Pod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you do really like this stuff, please send us an email. Uh, we we want to hear from you. Um, and not only that, but if you really really like us, uh, support us financially on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash These Are the Voyages, and um, go from there. So um, if you want to send us a voice-only transmission, that's 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute time limit, and your comments may be used on a future episode. Finally, if you do want to mail us something like a Mugato horn or something or some Mugato dung, um, that's cool. You can send it to us at um, the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Guys and gals, ladies and gents, people in the listener verse thank you so much once again and as we leave here today remember to boldly go 
and make it so.